HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by EscapeMaker.com. For more information, visit EscapeMaker.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, hello. It's Monday afternoon at 1 o'clock. I'm sitting in a shipping container in the backyard at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And that means one thing. That means it's time for Tech Bites. I'm your host, Jennifer Leitze. And once a week, we get together on the radio and talk about the intersection of food and technology. If you like this show and want to listen live or on demand, check out heritageradio.org. We have thousands and thousands of programs in our archives. If you really, really love it, Head over to our Kickstarter project where we're raising $35,000 to build a new web platform because ours is about to self-destruct. Before we get started on today's exciting drinkable episode, I always like to start off by introducing everyone in the studio so you can match the names to the voices. First up is our engineering booth, the most important people who make this actual broadcasted web radio. We have Jack Inslee, our engineer and the radio's executive producer. He also hosts a great DJ music program called Full Service Radio on Thursday nights at 7.30. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, indeed. The other person back there is Declan, our radio intern. Happy Monday as well. Monday's happy. We have special guests today. We have Jim Meehan from PDT, who's visiting from the West Coast. Visiting from where I live now. (laughs) Do you actually say that you live there, or do you pretend that you live here and that's your weekend place? My big joke um, is that um, as long as I remain from Jim from New York, it's okay, because Jim from New York does a lot, but as soon as I become Jim from Portland, it's a little scary, because I'm not doing as much out there right now. (laughs) So what is your weekend place? So I'm Jim from New York. Okay. And we have uh, Martin Duderoff from New York also. Yes. Chelsea. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. So the first thing we do on Tech Bites is we start the show like a good meal with an appetizer where everyone talks about their favorite app right now. I think I can actually see my appetizers right now at Roberta's. (laughs) (laughs) They're not edible typically, and they're also not apps that you've worked on. So you can think a little bit about yours, and we have full participation from the boys in the back. So Declan, what do you have for us this week? 
You always put me on the spot. But um, you know this, so it's not no, putting you on the spot. I know. I know it's, it's only on the spot if you're surprised. I this know. happens every week. No longer am I on the spot because I am prepared. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. I am prepared this week. Excellent. Um, uh, as you know, uh, I am a DJ, and so is Jack. And long train rides are very boring sometimes. So I downloaded this app called DJ2, and it basically is just like a watered-down version of turntables, and you can just import music from your iTunes, and it's really, really fun to mess around with while you're on long rides on the G train or while the L train isn't coming or why, while, you know, all the trains in this great city never work, so it's fun to mess around on. Very good. That's functional. I'm going to also suggest the podcast app for lots and lots of Tech Bytes episodes for your long train rides. Exactly. <laughs> Jack, what do you have for us? So I had to send over a document the other day and quickly realized that we don't have a scanner in the studio and they didn't have a fax machine. Uh, anyway, long story short, there's this app called Tiny Scan and you take photos of documents with the camera phone. It will automatically kind of straighten it out for you, convert it to black and white, package it as a PDF just as if you had a scanner. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And also amazing as someone who wanted to get a fax from you. I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. But it was great. I sent a six-page document, signed all pages, uh, just like I had a scanner or a fax machine, just with the phone. I'm definitely going to look into that. Tiny scan. Tiny scan. Jim? Um, I just downloaded the ESPN app again because it, when it updated, it didn't work. So... I would say the ESPN app, pretty indispensable in my life, and I am here to talk about an app that Martin and I created called PDT Cocktails, so that would definitely, it seems like a good time to talk about that. Yeah, we will. We'll get to that. I'm curious about the ESPN, though. What is the sport that you're following? Um, right now, I'm following the NBA playoffs, uh, kind of checking in on that, as well as the Chicago Blackhawks. Do you just follow sports seasonally as they come to pass, or um, is there one or two you're particularly fanatical about? I'm more interested in football and basketball than baseball or hockey, but in general, I've, I've always followed all sports. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Martin, an app that you haven't worked on or it's, sold. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough one because in my line of work, I'm swimming in apps all the time. I, I guess that one of the ones I've been thinking about an awful lot recently is, is – isn't very sexy, really. It's one password. But in my my day job, I, I deal with a lot of clients who do an absolutely terrible job of handling logins and passwords and things like that and set themselves up for all kinds of misery. So um, I'm, I'm a big fan of one password, and I've been trying to get uh, as many people as possible to either use that or one of the similar products to uh, get a little bit more disciplined about security. What do you mean when you say they do an absolutely horrible job? What does that mean from a professional point of view? Um, there are basically the first the first problem is just using bad passwords because they just usually just use one for everything, which is a big big no no. Um, and uh, the other problem is that when they try to do anything other than that, they tend to forget passwords and waste an enormous amount of time resetting them, calling me, uh, 
things like you know, there's the piece right there. Things like yeah, definitely calling me. That's that's a big motivator for me to, <laughs> to, to encourage alternatives. So yeah. Okay, one password. Yeah. Being secure in the internet and in technology is important, so we endorse that. My app is simply called Cardio, and it is an app that measures your heartbeat by putting your finger over the flash the flash screen camera finder hole view hole viewfinder the camera mm-hmm. lens mm-hmm. and you put your finger over that and then it counts your heart rate your beats per minute so if you're into sports or you know doing that kind of thing and you want to find out what your resting heart rate is your work heart rate and all of that you can track it it'll log it for you and it'll keep track of it and something i discovered not too long ago which i thought was really interesting is your resting heart rate when you wake up like in the morning from sleeping it will tell you if you're actually really rested enough because if say your resting heart rate is usually like you know 80 and you wake up in the morning and it's 90 that means your body's not really rested fully and is still tired interesting yeah so if you're like into sports or into sort of tracking your physical state cardio it's free (laughs) and it works pretty well i I don't really quite know how it works but it works very well so to jim's point we are here to talk about the brand new release of the pdt app and for listeners who may not know what pdt is that's the name of a really interesting hidden cool little speakeasy bar in the East Village in Manhattan that opened in 2007. PDT stands for Please Don't Tell. And it's actually located next to Criff Dogs, which is a hot dog shop. And there's sort of an old-fashioned, old-school phone booth in the hot dog shop. And you go into the phone booth and you pick up the phone and a door opens and you walk into a very cozy, little, well-appointed bar. So it was kind of a secret when it opened Hence the name, Please Don't Tell. And it's Jim's bar, Jim's baby-ish, the first baby before the real baby. Yeah, my adolescent now. (laughs) Like a tweener right now. Yeah, there you go. And people loved it. And what happened after that was there was a book. And when did the PDT cocktail book come out? The book came out in 2011, November of 2011. So 2011, the book comes out, which is ironic for something called PDT, because you published then a book that gives away all the secrets. That's true. And I think people loved it, and it was well embraced, not just by the industry, but by the drinking public at large, because it was very useful. It had a lot of pictures, too, that helped. Yeah. And then you decided then to do an app, which... Explain the leap because you had done a book that was so wonderful and comprehensive. Why the need for the app? The interesting thing is I was little more than halfway through the book and I started thinking about it and there are new products that are coming out in the market monthly now that are either old products that we you know that we find in old cocktail books that haven't been available for years so when you say product on the market are you talking about glasses and liquor are you it talking could be about books? it could be like a syrup like orgeat or or an or a sort of an a hydrosol like a certain new kind of rose water or raspberry water or it could be a fortified wine, it could be a quina, it could be a spirit, it could be, um, for instance, uh, the availability of certain fruits and vegetables because of global distribution changes. So something maybe I've always wanted to make in the past, I couldn't make because I didn't have the ingredients, 
new products come out, uh, whether they be commercial or, or fresh and local, and they change what we make, and they oftentimes change what we've made before. You know, an, a new vermouth brand would come out, and we'll try that, and we'll try it in our Martini and our Manhattan and our Negroni and our Old Pal. We may decide that we like it better. So in the in the course of the last four years, a number of excellent new products have come out that have changed the way we make drinks. So the interesting thing is I kind of anticipated this when I was writing the book, you know, and I thought to myself, is this going to be something like Mr. Boston, which I also edited, where you kind of come out with a new version of it every couple years, or is it going to stay the same? And if it stays the same, it's going to date itself. And in that sense, um, the book was not so loosely inspired by the Savoy cocktail book from 1930, which has remained the same for, you know, almost 100 years now. And, and I think that the the Savoy is a book that you'll find behind bars, but you won't find people using the recipes. It's almost an art piece. And as I thought a about... a frame of reference. Exactly. It's a, it's a time capsule. And I think I realized when I was writing the PDT book that I was essentially putting together a time capsule to bury and, and for people to sort of look at it and look back at what I believe, and I knew at the time, but I think time will tell, and maybe I was wrong, that we were at a watershed moment in sort of New York cocktail history. And I, and I think I was just trying to put everything I could as accurately and as beautifully as possible in the box and put it away. So, I mean, when that book came out, it was state of the art. And it was, you know, it was information that people didn't have, that people didn't know about. And I think it helped move the ball forward uh, for our industry, for people who just didn't know how to run that type of bar. But four years later, it's showing a, a whole lot of age. And I think the I look at it now, as I said, you know, it's not quite as old as my bar, but it's it's something that if I if I start messing with that, I I compromise its ability to age gracefully and perhaps grow into something like the Savoy. Um, so I've consciously decided, you know, halfway through that book, that I'm going to leave it alone and, and to get to the app. Um, an app. As I was thinking about how to communicate about this, the PT, the PDT cocktail book is a photograph. It's a, it's a, it's a Leica photograph, you know, taken on, you know, film, and, and it's a, it's supposed to be art. Whereas the, the PDT cocktail app is is a security surveillance camera. You know, it, it's something that is, it is, it can be updated, it can be edited, it can be changed. You know, it can be, um, it's a working document. It's a database. And, and I think in that sense, it's also something you can put in your pocket. It's not a two-pound book. It won't um, be damaged, you know, with water. So I think that in that sense, the PDT app is something that's meant to be very uh, functional. You know, I mean, I look at the PDT book, and most of the bartenders who are working for me when it came out aren't in the book because it took over two years to put the book together. So... The PDT app allows me a platform to publish the work of my current bartenders to keep my um, guests abreast of all of, all of all of what we've done as a, as opposed to only what we did uh, five years ago. So it's an exciting new platform for me and and something that um, I think is a is a, quite a distinctly different offering from that from the book. That's a really fascinating way to look at the two pieces, and I'm also. Um, really struck by the forethought and the future thought and with yourself while you were in the book process because they are two very distinct things. And to your point about the Savoy cookbook, often there are times when you know something's going to be wonderful now and it's going to go through a period where it's not going to be so great, but it's going to come out the other side 
with more age and then be even more wonderful. Yeah. Um, I think photos are like that a lot. Sometimes you take pictures with people and you say, oh, this is an awful photo of like this family reunion or the bar opening or this event. But you hang on to it because you know that 10 years from now or 15 years from now, you're going to look back at the picture and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, right now, though, we're halfway through. So we're going to take a forward look and see who our sponsors are. And here's some new music from Jack. And this one's called Vicodin Dreams by Techstar. This is Tech Bytes. We'll be right back. Log on to escapemaker.com for more ideas on local weekend getaways and day trips, including orchards, farms, and wineries. Come by Escape Maker's Yellow Tent and Grow NYC's Green Markets and pick up a guide to local agritourism escapes to the Green Market's own farmers and producers. Better yet, attend escapemaker.com's fourth local food and travel expo on May 2nd at Brooklyn Borough Hall featuring destinations in Brooklyn, New York State, New Jersey, Vermont, and Pennsylvania. Sample cheese, maple products, beer and wine from Brooklyn and beyond, and free apples courtesy of the New York Apple Association. Plus, there will be Marketplace sponsored by Taste New York and plenty of ideas for car-free getaways, including discounts via Amtrak. The expo is free for everyone, but you must pre-register at escapemaker.com to attend. Tickets are limited. See you there. Well, if you've just tuned in and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes on the Heritage Radio Network.org, broadcasting live from two shipping containers in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Tech Bytes talks about the intersection of food and technology and how inevitably tech helps us get to an actual real life food experience. And in this case, we're talking with Jim Meehan of New York, of PDT Bar, and Martin Duderoff. And we're talking about the PDT app, which Jim described in the first segment as video surveillance camera in real time, which is a great way to describe it, but also showing everything that you do behind the bar in a real time update of recipes and photos. Aren't you worried that people will just plug this right into their bar and create all these PDT imposters? I hope they do. You know, I I mean, I think that the... It's interesting, you know, I was just in Mexico City and there was a club called PDT and there's a new bar called PDT that's a speakeasy in Mumbai and, and we looked at trademarking PDT globally and it's it's way too expensive. Uh, so we're not really concerned about that. And I think from a creativity standpoint, um, we are a moving, we're a moving target where, and, and I think for me as a manager and, and Jeff Bell, who's my now general manager, was my head bartender, 
um, we're working with the skills of the people we have in, in the building, you know, so that the, I don't really worry about publishing what we're doing or what we did, uh, cause we're kind of always working on something new. And I think in, in many ways, like the, um, it's not like necessarily an academic thing, like publish or perish, but that being said, um, I want my staff and my guests to be aware of what we do and how we do it. You know, I think it's something that adds value. Fran Adria famously is one of the most influential chefs living today. He had a restaurant called Il Bulli on the Costa Brava in Spain, which had all the awards and all the stars from any publication you could imagine. It also had the most impossible reservation to get with something in the ballpark of 7,000 reservations a year and over a quarter of a million requests. Yeah. So he's pretty much the superstar chef of all time. And he was meticulous about documenting his process and his recipes from year to year. And when he published his books, they were meticulous in terms of sharing the information. And I had opportunity to have a small conversation with him once a long time ago. And I asked him about that, the idea of, aren't you worried about sharing so much that you worried about people taking it from you. And he said one of the smartest things I have heard either inside or outside the food community, and that was when you share it with the world and you tell people you made this, even if other people do it, you're recognized as being the one who made it, yeah. whether you trademark it or not. So yeah, it's, also an inter- it's, it's also almost seems counterintuitive, but by putting it all out there under your banner, then you sort of retain it under your Yeah, banner. I mean, when I was a young bartender and I was looking back at, like, we don't really know exactly who created the daiquiri or the martini or the Manhattan or the margarita. And I think it's interesting over the course, I've, I've edited eight food and wine cocktail books and four Mr. Boston books. And I, I made it a point, you know, 10 years ago to start crediting as often as possible, whether it be techniques or, or recipes. And I, and I think what's interesting you hear nowadays, like on Eater and the food blogs, most of the trade things that there is a bit of a lot of chefs take issue with people borrowing or lifting their recipes and not giving credit, you know, and, and oftentimes it's not an entire recipe, but it's some it's a technique that that is something that they borrowed from some chef or some restaurant. And at the end of the day, you don't know if the line cook or the intern or the sous chef or the chef de cuisine or the executive chef created that flourish. And I think that that's something that um, I've done everything in my career that I possibly can to make sure you know that, you know, my barback did that or my bartender did that or we, we borrowed that from Sam Ross at Milk and Honey or Audrey Saunders. So I think that that's important. So it's an awful lot of information with an awful lot of people and photography. So Martin was your co-conspirator in terms of figuring out how to harness technology to make it accessible and easy. Yeah. So how did how did you construct sort of the information well um it is uh th- this is actually the latest um incarnation of a of a journey i've been on since about 1999 trying to work with recipes organize them in a the digital domain and extract value from computers with that data, which is, it's a messy, messy business. And it's been a, been a sort of an avocation of mine. So this isn't my first, uh, my first recipe app for cocktails. It's actually 
several uh, additions down the line that, that got us to this particular one. And I had already built a uh, the latest sort of foundation for this app when I approached Jim. And then we adapted from where I was to meet halfway uh, with with where Jim was at the time, about a year ago. And what evolved from that is a very unique PDT take on the work I've been doing. Um, and the Jim is bringing in sort of his, his updated uh, thinking about the work that he has done. And it's all, it all just kind of comes together using, using research that I've done from, a, from, from, from behind the scenes to, to make the app work because there's a lot of interconnectedness that you don't, you don't normally find. Well, you certainly don't find them in books, especially ones that don't have extraordinary indexes, and there are almost none of those in the cocktail world. Um, and the, um, uh, you, you don't generally find them in, in other apps, including older apps that I have done that were recipes, uh, recipe-based apps. So there's a, there's a lot of sort of cross-indexing and things like that, which is mainly what I brought to the table besides just getting the software development done. So this is really a collaboration of sort of right brain, left brain, the creative, the live, constantly changing creative output of Jim and the bartenders, and then the sort of more analytical, organizational information search exactly drawer system of Martin. I'll, I'll ask a question on... It, it's billed as being, you know, updated in real time. And I'm curious, how do you do the updating? Do you do that spontaneously? Do you have a regular cycle? Essentially what, I mean, we'll, we'll pull the wool away from your eyes on that. We, we currently have drinks up to winter. Uh, so I have not started adding. There's probably at least 10 new recipes that I haven't added yet. So well, it was we'll, we'll, it was we'll 34 degrees last week, yeah. so you could kind of argue we're yeah, still in like winter. <laughs> it's not like we're making using a lot of rhubarb yet. But um, <laughs> so essentially, we will be updating this. I mean, I, I'd like to update it quarterly, um, and, and I think that ultimately, Martin and I are going to look at this. It's a you know it's a business opportunity. We've invested a year uh, plus. Uh, I've we did over. We, we were able to shoot about twelve ingredients and cocktails a day, so I'd say a hundred shoots, um, way over a thousand hours between uh, Jeff Bell, my head bartender, me, and and as a writer producer, and then Nick Brown who shot all the photos. So we are at a major uh, deficit as far as our investment in this. <laughs> so I mean, I think that Martin. I mean, Martin has been in the app business a lot longer than I. So I mean, I think we'll look at this and if if the Return on investment is modest. We'll continue to update it. If you know, it, I think we're it just came out, so we're really kind of too early to tell where this is as a product, as a business proposition. And, and I think that it's interesting. This is actually my second app, and my first app, Speakeasy Cocktails Learn from the Modern Mixologist, was regularly on the Apple Store uh, page under the Culinary Book section. What point in time was this? Um, I think it was around three years ago. It was an okay. app that Rob Willie wrote. Uh, a company called uh, Better Books put out, and, and that it would starred or featured uh, 90 minutes of a high high definition video of Joseph Schwartz from Little Branch and I making cocktails. And it actually, it's it sadly just was pulled from the uh, store Uh-oh. because they the company that acquired uh, the company that produced it 
didn't uh, see the value in investing in the uh, in the updates required to bring From it platform up, yeah, to platform to bring it up every to time the latest they iOS. put out a new yeah. iOS. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm keenly aware, especially now from that project, how um, you know it, it, ephemeral these apps can some, can sometimes be. You know, a book very much so. You know, a book sometimes, even though a print print is such an antiquated medium, it's a lot easier. I would I would say not as a publisher, but just as a casual observer to keep something in print as long as it sells than it is to keep an app in. in in production, and given the app stores, there are millions of apps now. So to exactly. stand out as an app it's very difficult. is much harder than to stand out as a, a book, especially an art book like mine. Well, in terms of archiving, one of the early episodes of Tech Bytes, we had um, some folks on from the New York Public Library and from the NYU Library. Um, I think it's maybe the third episode. And we talked about archiving. And the interesting juxtaposition of the Internet is that on the one hand, you think it's going to live forever because it kind of does. We all have random accounts that we started that we forgot the passwords and little portfolios or blogger or something like that yeah. that you started and it's still there yeah. you might have completely forgotten about it but it'll be there as long as it's there but when it comes to archiving things not only do you have to archive the actual pdt app itself you have to archive the ios version that it's running on and then you have to archive the iphone or the ipad of that generation to be able to access it. So it's a much more complicated system than it is just hanging on to a book. Yeah. And I think for that reason, I mean, Martin's time's valuable, my time's valuable. And and I think that there was a leap of faith that each of us made that this was something that was going to be valuable to other people besides him as a developer and and me as an operator. And I think that so far, I think we're both pleased uh, with the results of the investment we've made, but you know, like anything else, we've got to look at, um, you know, how we spend our time. And, and so hopefully this is something that people will use and enjoy. And, and hopefully the the sales will trickle in enough to justify Martin doing all of the updates as, right. as Apple brings out new operating systems and platforms. And for me, you know, you know, spending the time to write and pay an editor and, and, and sort of pay a photographer to document everything. It's also interesting because when, as soon as things become digital and they're in the app store, we kind of want it for free. And if it's online, we want to go to the website and we want to, we want to read the article at the New York com for free, but we don't mind buying the paper. But as soon as it gets to online, we have a completely different mentality and way that we interact with things, which I'm sure is Martin fascinating. Speak to that. Yeah. So is the cost expenditure and not being sure how it's going to work the reason why you will not be doing an Android version? I'm going to let Martin speak to that. Well, we aren't currently planning to do an Android version principally because of the cost expenditure. Right. Uh, we're not ruling out doing an Android version. Okay, But Fair enough. the circumstances haven't arisen that would enable that. I mean, why isn't it also translated into German, Italian, French, Spanish, and Japanese, all of which are important mixology uh have mixology cultures of their own. And apparently where there are PDT franchises as well. Exactly. (laughs) Might as well buy my app since I'm not sending a check. The answer is simply that there are only two of us. Right. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, the, 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 the consumers don't have any idea what really goes into producing these things in terms of consumers never do it's part of the magic yeah it's part of the (laughs) magic and it's it's been commoditized uh as you pointed out to an extreme extent and it makes it very hard to maneuver so we're taking it month to month 
and uh, we're we're delighted that what we have uh, is delighting many hundreds, perhaps thousands of people now. <laughs> And uh, we'll see what the future brings. Well, that's good. That's a positive outlook. Yeah. Sort of also just rolling, rolling with it and seeing how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't have a warm and fuzzy relationship with Apple, but I've been using Does Apple. Does anyone? I don't know. But I mean, I've been I mean, using Apple products. I think they're kind of products. set up to not be warm and fuzzy. <laughs> they're, they're not kind of warm set and up fuzzy. to be the popular kid who's a little standoffish and might let <laughs> you hang out on the edges, but they're not actually going to invite you in yeah. ever. But sadly, I've been using, or for what it's worth, I've been using Apple devices since I was in Mm -hmm. kindergarten. So, I mean, I think when you work on a project like this, it's a labor of love. And at the end of the day, you're, you're you're doing it for yourself. I mean, you're doing it for, this is something, anytime you bring something into the world, it requires way more work than you ever imagined. And the end, the ideal end consumer is you. You're creating something that you wish existed. And, and in that sense, like, you know, I've used every iPhone and, and I use all Apple devices and it just makes sense to bring this out initially as an iOS product. Well, maybe they'll hear this and someone will want to sponsor you. Apple, we'd love to be on the <laughs> App Store page. So at the end of every show, I always like to ask my guests for a piece of practical advice for listeners at home to sort of follow up on. So, Martin, I'll ask you, and if it might be a longer question, answer but if somebody's interested in building an app to go into the apple store what's your best piece of advice well you either have to be a programmer yourself with a lot of time on your hands or you have to have far deeper pockets or access to far deeper pockets than you probably realize um when people ask me I've been approached many times with people with a great idea for an app. Uh, apps, in terms of if you were going to hire a programmer to develop an app for one platform, it will cost at least as much as a nice new car. Ooh. And it goes up from there. So well, five, five figures, one comma? Well into Price of entry? six figures. Well into six, okay. Easily if That's you have a com- complex app. So, this so is, it's not just a, an exchange, we'll code for drinks. Um, <laughs> well, I'd say, you know, if, if somebody's offering that, beware, because they're probably also not being, they're either not being realistic about it themselves, or um, they're not on the same page with you. Okay, so that's good <laughs> so, advice, which yeah. is, you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. and if you want a really good app, you're going to have to spend at least five figures, up to six. Mm-hmm. So, Jim, I will ask you... What's your best advice to people who want to sort of learn about making cocktails and explore becoming a bar chef? Similar to the, if I'm a foodie and I love to cook at home and I make great food and I'm interested in figuring out how to start to make great drinks, what's the best way to go about that? Uh, the first thing I would say is, you know, people will look at the PDT app and they'll see 1,400 ingredients. Or they'll look at the PDT book and they'll see 300 recipes. And overwelming. Overwhelming. I'm, pa- I'm having a panic attack because there's attack. too many choices. Yeah, people start thinking, oh my gosh, I just how need can a I? shot now. Right. So <laughs> my advice is stick with, start with one drink. You know, pick one drink by the ingredients. That's probably four ingredients. The good thing about the PDT app is that because of the way that you can input your inventory, when you buy those three ingredients or four ingredients, you'll find that you can then make two or three more cocktails if you buy one or two more ingredients. And in that sense, if you build your sort of uh, skill set and build your awareness of cocktails and, and serving cocktails and getting into them 
one cocktail at a time and then use the ingredients that you've acquired and the expertise you've acquired. Like, you know, you pick a shake and drink, pick a second shake and drink, pick a third shake and drink, start small. And I think for me, I've been doing this for 20 years. It's taken me a long time to master as many techniques as I have, and I'm still learning more every day. So if I if I thought about, you know, mastering them all at one time from the beginning, I never would have started. So start small, take a, you know, small bite, take a small sip, enjoy it. Uh, it's a, it's the journey. It's not the, you know, it's not the, the end, you know, it's enjoy the, enjoy the ride. Wonderful. That's great advice. I want to thank you for the piece of advice and also for coming on the show. My two guests, Jim Meehan of New York, PDT, and Martin Duderoff for coming out and being guests on Tech Bites. We're here every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. on heritageradionetwork.org. If you liked it, come back and see us again. Thanks, sir. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 